You don't need more leads. If you learn to do more with the leads you have, your future will always be in your control. That's the bottom line on this thing. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Agent Power Huddle. Today, we are talking about how to convert leads to clients, the age old art form known as Generating business, and making money. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's also about, you know, helping people achieve their goals and dreams, which is really more important than uh, making money because that's what we're talking about today is the way to convert leads to clients is about understanding what makes them tick and how to achieve their goals and dreams. Um, my name is Jesse Zagorski. I'm one of the hosts here of Agent Power Huddle. And I'm just stoked to see you guys. Those of you that are here live and anyone listening to this recording later, um, I'm still happy you're listening to it, right? I'm seeing Alex and Ronnie and Leticia. Mike, good morning, everybody. Um, I'm going uh, to start with some pretty high-level foundational concepts that you can really apply to any aspect of your marketing. You can also apply them um, you know, to some specific lead conversion. We might get into actual scripts that you can use when you're talking to whether it's an online lead, open house line, doesn't matter. I've got some basic scripts we can use that we'll go over that. And really, I've got weeks and weeks worth of content here. And I want to tailor this based on the discussion that you want to have today, right? So if there's something that is impactful for you, pause me, stop me, start me, uh, you know, unmute yourself and jump in. To me, that makes it more interesting than me just talking at you for 30 minutes. So um, I'm going to jump back and forth between the screen share here, converting leads to clients. And if you're just listening in on the audio only, that's okay, because I'll say things out loud. You don't really need to see the, uh, see the screen on this. But if you are uh, taking notes, go ahead and write this down. I, I want to start with... Um, the phases of decision-making. And this is something that I've got a buddy named Jesse Bedoin from a, a from call action uh, or my friends Long Doan or Barry Jenkins. They've all, they've all trained, you know, taught on the same concept. And I don't know which one of them made it up or if they got it from somewhere else, but I'm giving credit where credit's due. And um, have you guys ever heard of this, this ART in terms of the phases of decision-making? And ever heard of ART when it comes to decision-making? No. Okay. It's a good, good acronym. It's ART. So I remember it, A-R-T, ART. And when you're trying to convert a lead, it really helps to understand where they're at in their decision-making process, right? People don't just wake up and buy or sell a house. But when you, when you start the journey to buy or sell a house, it's actually the same process you would make when you go to buy a pack of chewing gum or buy a car or a TV, anything. It doesn't matter. If it's a low... Uh, stress threshold thing like buying a, a pack of gum in the store, you're going to go through these three phases, ART. Well, I'm going to teach you these phases in a second. You're just going to go through them so quickly you don't even realize you're going through them, right? When you go through a house, they're typically a lot longer. On a mastermind we had yesterday, someone shared a statistic they had seen in a couple of different studies that the uh, average timeline from someone who, uh, you know, the very first thought they have about starting to, to move to when they actually move on average is just under one year right? That's the average amount of days. It was about 320 days. Uh, and the sellers are more like 400 and something days before they actually start to move. So this is the phases. Number one, A is aspirational. Aspirational. R is for research. And T is for transactional. Aspirational, research, and transactional. And I'm going to jump back and forth between these because this is going to 
this is going to make a heck of a lot of difference in how you're converting your leads because it, it literally doesn't matter guys, if they're an open house lead, an online lead, a referral leads are leads, but you have to understand the mindset of where that person's at when you start talking to them. So let's just break down what these three phases are aspirational. They're just thinking about starting to get the idea of man, someday it'd be cool to move, right? Someday it'd be interesting to sell our house and right. That, that's aspirational. Let's put this in context of buying a pack of gum. You think, oh, gum would be nice. Okay, boom. That's aspirational. Your research phase is the next phase, which in buying a house is much longer, right? You start looking at neighborhoods, what's available. You start browsing for things online, right? When you're buying a pack of gum, you probably don't research much. You glance over there. Do they have the flavor you like that you've bought before? You look, yep, they've got it. That's as far as your research goes. When you're buying a pack of gum, does anyone sit there and look at the backs of packages and read them for half an hour? Does anyone check Yelp reviews, right? On the different flavors of gum. Could you imagine how absurd that would be, right? But, but I mean, the, the more important a decision is for someone, the more likely they are to start to do a longer research phase. And the other thing in the research process you want to keep in mind is people are broken down mainly into two camps, internal and external when it comes to where they get their in, in information. Right? I can get a lot more scientific on psychology, but just, just to keep it really high level, internal versus external. Do they tend to get their research from doing their own work and then making their decision or do they tend to be influenced by by the others these days when it comes to and it might be different for every different category when they go to buy a piece of electronics they're internal decision makers they like to research like to figure it out or when it comes to buying a house they may ask their friends hey who'd you how'd you go for you where'd you look where should i go so every category it's not like they're the same across the board but that's the second phase is research and then the last one would be transactional transactional is when they're really out ready to like do business in the example of buying a pack of gum, you're like, I'm buying the gum. That's it. Transactional. Buying a house. That's when they're ready to like some, somewhere between starting to actually look at houses and ready to like look at houses with the intention. If they saw one they'd like, they could actually write an offer, right? That would be transactional. And the reason why you want to consider these and know the difference between them is when you've generated a lead or you start talking to someone wherever they come from, if you can figure out in your mind what phase they're in, it's going to help you speak into their motivations and what's important to them, right? I hear a lot of people uh, who generate leads online or who buy leads from various sources online, right? Maybe you start buying Facebook leads. Um, and you ever hear people say, man, these leads are junk. These leads are terrible. Has anyone ever heard that? Or being, and you don't, have to, don't, have to, you don't have to out yourself, but like, has anyone ever said that themselves, right? These leads are terrible. I'm not, right? I'm, I, these leads are terrible. Chances are the lead isn't terrible. You just had an expectation that they were going to be transactional or you wanted to be them transactional and they're probably in the aspirational phase, right? That's typically what's happening when you say leads are junk. They're just earlier on in the process. No one by accident submits a form online. No one by accident walks into an open house. Even if you're a neighbor, if you're a neighbor who's walking into an open house, what are, what are neighbors who walk into open houses? They're potential sellers, right? The reason they're there and they might just be bored and they're looking for ideas and what to do with their house, but it's still because they're just early, early aspirational in the seller phase. And so if you talk to people like they're a transactional buyer or seller, you talk to them like they're ready to move and they're aspirational, they're going to not answer your questions. They're going to ghost you. They're going to shut you off, right? Because you need to match where they're at. So this is where I think it was on a mastermind again yesterday where someone was talking about, you know, online leads are all the same. 
They're not. I would not say that at all because it, some lead sources tend to be a lot more transactional, meaning they're further ready to do business versus some are earlier on. And if you think about where you're meeting these people, if you're in their Facebook feed and you're a random ad or a post that they're not going to Facebook to look for houses, but they click on it, it could be earlier on than someone going to like a realty.com, realtor.com, Zillow. These are t- typically tend to be more transactional, sign calls. I know most of us don't get many calls off our sales sign these days, but the handful that you do tend to be very transactional because if they're actually picking up a phone to talk to someone about your property, they have a pretty high intent that they want some specific information. Does this make sense, guys? Okay. So knowing that, let's give you the basic format of what you're going to do to convert these leads. And then we can help apply this to various things. Um, when When the lead comes in, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter again, if it's an online lead, an open house, truly they're all the same right? They're all the same in terms of this flow I'm going to show you, but different in your approach. So step number one is to build rapport. Build rapport, that's your intro. From there, we're going to establish their timing and motivation, right? And next, we're going to give them a compelling reason for whatever your next step is. I believe in the next step in this process of converting lead to clients, you know, on the buyer side, it's to set an initial buyer consultation, where you can learn more about their, their needs, their wants, or if it's, a, if it's a seller, we're going to set a listing appointment, either Zoom or face-to-face, doesn't matter. But I always know where I'm going with my next step. And we're going to dive in in a minute to what these gold bricks are, this compelling reason. If you've never heard this term gold brick, all right, has anyone ne- never heard of, anyone ever heard, never heard this term gold, gold brick before? You guys all, all know what I'm talking about. No, Alex never heard gold brick. Okay, cool. So uh, the reason it's a gold brick, and this is what I learned, uh, Gosh, we're going on almost 20 years ago. I sat in a, a Craig Proctor seminar. If you guys ever heard of him, he's one of the uh, original people I learned from in terms of direct response marketing. And direct response marketing is nothing specific to real estate. It's where you are putting out I, uh, marketing concepts, calls to action, headlines that relate to what people want in order to get them to raise their hand and say, yes, I, I want some information that you have to give me. And in order to do that, you need to come up with something really compelling. He called it a gold brick. Because let's say, let's say this was an actual gold brick. It's not, it's just a, a pen box, but let's say this was a gold brick and I had it on my desk here in San Diego. I don't know what the value of gold bricks are these days, but they're probably, I don't know, three, $400,000. I'd imagine if this was a solid block of gold, every one of you who's listening to this, if I could convince you that this was actually a, block, a bar of gold, right? This was really a bar of gold that was worth $300,000 and you could have it with no strings attached all you had to do was come show up to my office in San Diego. No one's going to come after you. No mafia, no gangsters. You don't have to pay any taxes on it. You could literally just come have this thing for free. All you got to do is show up here. How quickly would you show up to my office in San Diego? Right? Alex is like, I'm on the next plane. I'm here, right? Right? Ronnie's like, I'm already in my car. I'm just going to keep driving. I'm just going to change, change my GPS and going to head down that way. Right? That is the idea of the gold brick. And so that I want that idea to stick with you because when you craft these value statements, I'm going to show you in a minute. The value statement you're going to craft when it is that compelling, when you can remove the threat and add enough value, people will drive to your office, meet you for a consultation, whatever it is, because you're speaking into what matters to them most. That makes sense, guys? Okay, I'm starting with really high level. We're going to get more, more specific in a minute, but I want to make sure that you're understanding these things. Now, here's something that I want you to go back to in this format. This is the same format, whether they're an aspirational lead a research leader, a transactional lead. We're always going to follow the same basic format. Build rapport, establish timing and motivation, give a compelling reason for the next step. Now, here's what's different. 
if you have an aspirational lead, you're going to spend a lot more time building rapport. And when I say establishing timing and motivation, we're not as specific to like, hey, what are you doing? What's your plans? Because they don't even know yet. We're going to ask more. You're going to keep it more casual and conversational, right? You're going to keep it more where you're literally just chatting with them to find out what you're doing, what's going on, how their world is. And you're going to spend a lot more time making statements to remove the threat so you don't come across as a salesperson that's just trying to get them to do something before they're ready. When someone is aspirational, you're going to find that they're going to shut down a lot more often. If you're asking them questions, I'm going to pull up a script on the screen, a script that I've used for years when it comes to more transactional leads, right? Transactional leads, those are people who are ready to do business. And with people like that, right? I'll put this up on the screen. You can ask a lot more direct questions. Your intro on a transactional lead, right? Your intro on a transactional lead is very short. My intro on this one is just, hey, you know, hey, John, it's Jesse with uh, Live Love San Diego Homes. I got your request about 123 Main Street. Did you have any specific questions about that home or do you just want to set up a time to see it? That's an intro for a transactional lead. Now, if you use that same intro with someone who's more aspirational, they're just trying to figure out what they're doing. You come to someone who's requested something on Facebook, they just clicked on a button and they're looking for information, uh, right? And, or they're just like, hey, I might be thinking of moving at some point in time. If you, if you come at them with like, hey, do you have any specific questions about XYZ neighborhood or do you just want to set up a time to go look at homes? They're gonna be like, I don't even know who you are. I didn't click the button on that form. That wasn't me. I didn't fill it out, right? And when I say, by the way, the script is not even just saying it out loud. I'm talking about the languaging of your text messages, emails, whatever your follow-up is that's going out to them. This is where sometimes if you don't know what phase they're in, when you're building your own drip campaigns or you're building your text message campaigns or you're sending out any sort of follow-up, you can experiment with different types of language to try to figure out which phase they're in until you get there, right? Someone who's just aspirational, hey, I saw, you know, I got a request. You're looking for some, you know, you're kind of just like getting started in this process. Did, did you have any, were you just kind of browsing around online or you just kind of, kind of, kind of seeing, seeing what's out there, right? Or you could start off with something where you're really removing the pressure where you're saying, hey, I, I, I'm just touching base to see if there's anything I can help you with. I have no agenda. Don't need to sell you anything. We just want to see if there's anything I can help you do to help, right? How, how are things going? That sort of language is going to get them started versus if you're, again, a more transactional lead, a more transactional lead, I'm going to get really specific with my questions, right? I'm just curious. Is this something you're looking for investment or home you're planning to live in? Are you looking in any other areas besides North County, San Diego, fill in the blank with your area, right? What's your ideal time frame to find your next house? How many bedrooms do you need? How many bathrooms? Certain ones of these questions you can ask as they start to open up, even if they're in the research phase or the aspiration, but typically this is going to be more transactional. This is a really great question, guys. You're going to want to ask, again, more transactional people, but even research. This is a great question to ask someone in the research phase. In a perfect world, would you prefer to have your current home sold first or would you feel more comfortable finding your next home before anything else? Right? This last one here, um, I know this is a great one, especially if you're in an open house situation. I never like to step on anyone's toes. Do you have an agent you've been working with? And if they say yes, I follow it up with, are you 100% committed to working with that agent? This is a great question because no one ever likes to be 100% committed to anything. 
You can you can note that by our, our divorce rate in, in America. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a scary thing. I got a couple smiles there. Um, and, and that's no pro or con on divorce, by the way. Just like, this is, uh, people don't like to be 100% committed in, in anything in life. This is, it's scary. It's what I was like, oh, I don't know. And so if someone is really committed to their realtor, fantastic, right? They're, they're going to tell you. And, and you want to respect that and move on. You would hate for someone to try to steal your clients or talk someone out of, right? If someone, if they have a realtor they're working with, they've done it. That realtor's done a great job and offered value. Fantastic. Chances are the agents they've bumped into haven't really done that much effort to illustrate value. They haven't got that much of a commitment yet. So that's why I like to say it with that phrasing. Are you 100% committed? Now, here's where we'll spend the next few minutes. This is gold brick, right? This is the gold brick statement. So um, on the buyer side, I'm going to give you a very generic gold brick. This is something that there's pieces of it that will work for just about anyone who's in the research phase or the transactional phase. If they're an aspirational buyer, we're going to use something a little different, right? Because think about this. If you said what I'm about to tell you, someone who's in the very, very early stages, they just have the idea of selling a house. Think about that because as you listen to me read this, it's really not going to connect with them in the same way that it does someone who's actually researching or someone who's ready to go out there and like start looking for houses. So here's my gold brick. Tell me how this sounds. One thing we specialize in is helping to break down the process step by step. In addition to everything in the MLS, we have some unique strategies to find off-market properties that are very different than what most agents do. We can also go over what to do and, and more importantly, the mistakes to avoid when going through your home search. Does that sound helpful to you? I'll leave it on the screen in case you want to take a screenshot. If you're just listening to the audio, you can rewind it back, right? write it down. Actually writing it down, I'll help you memorize it. I'm not a big fan of memorizing scripts. I am a fan of internalizing them. So if you don't have something that's as compelling as this, to have a buyer, because when they say that sounds helpful to them, yes, the next logical step for them is great. Let's pick a time to get together or meet on Zoom, whatever you want to do it, so I can learn a little bit about your goals and just kind of walk you through how this works. Right? It takes a few minutes. We could do it on Zoom. We're going to you know, meet in person. But this leads really nicely into booking a, your next step appointment. But if you don't have a statement internalized, call it memorized, call it internalized, that is as compelling as this, now you got one. And the reason why you want to internalize it is you may not read the whole thing every time. You may not say every piece of it. You might just say one or two pieces of it based on your conversation. But having that's going to be really helpful. Does that make sense, guys? And so if you print this out and you read it out loud, I don't know, a couple times in the morning, a couple times in the midday, a couple times in the, after, in the afternoon, and you do this for the next five days in a row, it's only a few sentences. You'll have, it's less than, I've timed it. It takes about 41 seconds, 42 seconds to read this thing. I timed it many times, okay? It doesn't need to be long. You could do that. By the end of five days, you'll have this thing wired, right? But think about that as I read it again now. If someone is truly aspirational, they're just starting out, they're gonna, if, if you even get to this point in the conversation, I can't imagine them saying anything, right? Tell me this sounds. One thing you specialize in is helping to break down the process step by step. In addition to everything in the MLS, we have some unique strategies to find off-market properties that are very different than most agents do. We can also go over what to do and most importantly, mistakes to avoid when going through your home search. Does that sound helpful to you? No, I'm not. If they're aspirational, they're like, no, I'm not even looking for anything. I just, right? I don't, I don't need any of that stuff. That's a lot. I'm busy. I'm stressed at work. My kids, whatever, but I'm busy right now. I don't need any of that. So if you're talking to someone aspirational, I still believe that it's important to set a next step meeting, even with someone who's aspirational. It doesn't have to be a long meeting, right? And if it's really, they're so early on, they're two years out, 
okay, fine. Maybe it doesn't make sense to book a meeting, but the first agent that sits them down and truly walks through to understand what's important to them, what's important in the house, their goals, their dreams, that's going to be the agent that if you do consistent follow-up, that agent's going to earn their business, right? So if I'm talking to someone aspirational, I'm going to change that gold brick to say something more like, you know, tell me how this sounds, right? One thing we specialize in is helping people figure out what they want to do in terms of their home search when the time is right. And there's some, some things that you can do and more importantly, mistakes to avoid that by starting really early on, when you get ready to actually move, you know, buy or sell, even if it's a couple of years down the road, you're going to be in a lot better position because you got these mistakes, you avoided these mistakes early on. Does that make sense? But it'd be helpful for me to spend a few minutes just kind of avoiding, you know, breaking down what some of these mistakes are. So when you are ready, you, if they say no to that, fine. Maybe they're really, really, really early on. In this case, no problem. Let me send you some information. Right? I'll just keep keep in touch and we'll follow up. And if you have any questions, let me know. Then you can start sending them, you know, put them on a drip for houses. But keeping giving them some sort of gold brick like that will be more compelling on that side. Does that make sense, guys? Okay. I want to give you on the uh, I got about 10 minutes left. I want to give you on the seller side a script that I use for more uh transactional uh, seller leads. And I also want to show you, by the way, something that's uh interesting. If you look at the structure, we talked about the structure of converting leads to clients right? When they first come in, take a look at what the structure is when you actually go to, uh, to do the initial buyer consultation. Your first step is exactly the same, build rapport. Your next step, exactly the same, reestablishing timing and motivation. Throughout the sales cycle, you're going through the same basic things over and over. You're continuing to build rapport and you're, and you're going back to what their timing and motivation is. The next thing we're going to do in a buyer consult is learn about what's really important to this client, right? And then, and then, we, and then at that point, finally, do we educate them on how we work? And then we give them a compelling reason for, right? The next step in this case is being hired as their agent. So when, you, when, we, when we work together to find them a home, um, this begins, I believe, with them signing a buyer agency agreement. But signing that contract is a byproduct of educating them how they work, giving them compelling reasons for them to take the next step with us. It's not about having them sign a piece of paper. It's about educating them first on this process. Does that make sense, guys? All right. Let me pull up the script for transactional seller leads because I think this will give you um, another some little, little insights. Again, these are things that when you talk to someone who is, if you don't have a way to generate transactional uh, seller, let's see here, seller script to, sit, to generate these seller leads, um, I recommend starting to work on that, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, lead funnels you can do on the seller side from asking someone to, you know, creating a funnel for what their home is worth where you get them kind of early in the process, those could be aspirational or research level sellers. And as you drip on them, they're going to turn into transactional. But there are some sources you can go to directly, um, whether you're purchasing leads or going to some of the portals. Homelight is one that I used to get a, a ton of transactional seller leads from. You pay them a referral fee on the back end. There's no upfront fees, of course. Um, there's But there's portals like that you can look for. Uh, Upnest. I, I don't have the list in front of me. I can get it for you. But if you, I would highly recommend if you're looking for... Um, if you're not into the marketing side of things and you don't like it, there's places you can go to where you'll pay more for them. You're paying a referral fee, but they've already done the work of getting to the point where this person's a transactional seller lead. Most of those seller leads are a lot more to the phase where they are researching and interviewing multiple agents, which I'm good with. I love, I love competition. I think it makes you sharper. Plus, you know that they're ready to do business. If you can illustrate your value, you're going to get through it. So let me drop this link into the chat just so you have it. Um, this is the link for this seller uh, script. And let me pull back up the uh, the other one I gave. 
And Gian, if you'll put this in the show notes, also on the podcast platforms, wherever we post this, um, I want to put that uh, script packet that I shared in the buyer side a minute ago as well. I'll put this into the chat box too. So on the seller side, this is the script I used to use with all of my home light leads, but truly for any type of transactional lead, this is what I use. And I won't read this thing for the sake of time because you can see it's, it's fairly long. I just want to show you a few of the high points of it. Um, right. We started out talking about the house. So I love the house, bedrooms, bath, right? This is again, finding out a little bit of rapport building, but it's mainly finding out just the, the, the timing motivation, a little bit about the house. It's getting easing into it, right? We're, we're getting down to here timing wise. When do you want to get the house on the market? When are you thinking about selling? When the home sells, where are you been moving to? This really gets into deeper into that timing and motivation, but it's just a very simple script that gives you. So in case you're worried about missing information, I need to know all these things so I can do my research on what the property is worth so I can get prepared, right? My in-person version, if they're a transactional lead, right? I will just need a few minutes to take a quick walk through, through the home to be able to tell you the exact price. Does 5 p.m. work for you today? When I'm talking to someone who's a transactional seller, I am that straightforward in terms of setting my appointment. I'm just going to invite myself over, right? Because they're going to want to figure out the exact value. If they're truly ready to sell, they're going to want to know what their house is worth. And they might even say, just come over, I want to interview agents. Um, if they're an aspirational lead, they're an aspirational lead earlier on in the process, or they give you any pushback to coming over. So I say something more like this. I'm happy to email you some recent sales in the area, give you a rough idea on the price, right? You may have even seen it on Zillow, right? You've got, you've got a rough idea. However, if you're thinking of moving at some point, I'm able to give you a much more accurate value by taking a look, right? Also, I can give you some tips on what to do. And more importantly, the mistakes to avoid between now and when you do move. Does that sound helpful? Right. Similar things on the buy side, but that's that gold brick again, right? I'm putting that gold brick in then. From there, once they agree, I go through. These are things that I do uh, once I get there in person. The rest of these items down here at the bottom when they get there in person. And this goes right through. It's almost like a script when you get there. That'll help you um, get right to the, uh, when you get to your close, you're just asking questions like, hey, you know, when should we schedule the photographer to come over? It's very, tra very transactional like that. So I'm going pretty quickly through a lot of different concepts. Does anyone have any questions on any of these things you want me to unpack further or go deeper? I really want to make sure we covered a lot of high-level things today. Ronnie, thumbs up. We're doing good. Cool. Um, I will add then, if there's no questions, I want to add this first thing. Um, there's only three outcomes to every conversation. And when you start to wrap your mind around, when you're talking to someone, there's only three things that are happening. You're either going to book an appointment you're going to schedule follow-up, right? And depending on the CRM you use, maybe it's a reminder or a task, whatever it is, or they're going to go into um, what we used to call our, our coma category. And the reason we call them a coma category is because um, if someone's in a, if you have a loved one who's in a coma, you're not going to ignore them forever, but you might stop by the hospital from time to time, whisper nice things, talk to them lovingly, right? Just like, be the, you don't know if they can hear you or not, but you're going to keep support, right? Th those are three categories. That no one's ever, um, if you look at that, that link, I dropped to the script book, it actually used to said dead. I used to call it, we used to call it dead, but I don't believe any leads ever dead right now. We just call them coma, right? So that if you consider that there's only one of those three actions, this helps you take all the leads you're working on, regardless of the source and make sure that nothing ever slips through the cracks, right? No lead left behind. There's only three outcomes. You're either going to book an appointment. You're going to schedule a reminder or they go into that coma category. Coma is more of your automated follow-up. Scheduling a reminder means you have a task to text or call them 
at some point in the future. It doesn't matter if it's six months out, a year out, or we've booked an appointment. When you treat everyone through one of those three categories, that allows you to never lose a lead. It doesn't have to be complicated. Some realtors get into the business and they love systems. I love systems. It's how my brain works. But a lot of people, they get overwhelmed by follow-up or they're just like, I don't feel like I'm organized. You don't have to make it complicated. If you make it that simple, when you get done with a call, look, keep this list next to you. Book an appointment, schedule a reminder, or coma. If you have that on a post-it right next to you, when you finish a call, you look down, which one of those three is it? And make there's no, there's no in-between. If you pick one of those three, right, that will cause you to then never lose track of that lead. If you're working with newer agents, if anyone's here as a trainer or a coach, right, I always like to train that framework. It's a great thing to remind them to pick one of those three categories. All right, so guys, that's it. That's, that's everything. You don't need more leads. If you learn to do more with the, the leads you have, your future will always be in your control. That's the bottom line on this thing, right? Have fun with this. Enjoy. Feel free to guys message me. If most of you guys have my cell number, but you can, you can message me on any platform, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, whatever it is, Jesse Zagorski. Um, hit me up. Let me know what questions you have. I'm happy to support you guys. This is truly an amazing market that's out there right now. I'm telling you, there's business out there. Just got to go out and find it. All right. Have a great day, guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.